This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Thursday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, we are discussing friendship with an Enneagram type 7. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is I had an impromptu conversation at the coffee shop today, and it was really fun. My thorn is that my Dyson Airwrap broke. My husband got me a Dyson Airwrap for a present, and if you don't know, they're absurdly expensive, <laughs> like embarrassingly expensive, and it just stopped working. Now, one of you guys did tell me that there is, uh, like they might, I might be able to call customer support and get help, but you know, you don't want that to happen. It's not ideal, it is my thorn. My bud is that I had what is maybe my dream invitation come in this week. I hope it's going to work out, I don't know if it will, but if it does, it is so cool. It's basically like, can you fly to this random city, do a two-day workshop where your main role is going to be brainstorming and thinking of creative content? That is a dream, that is my literal dream. I hope it works out. It would be amazing. I would very much be my bud (laughs) if it's true. Okay, so let's talk about, speaking of that dream opportunity, let's talk about the Enneagram Type 7. So here are the strengths that 7s bring to the friendship. Number one, they believe that you can do it. 7s are the person to go to when you're doubting yourself, when you're not sure if it's going to work out, when you think you might need to give up, and you're like, I don't know if I have what it takes to do this. The sevens believe that you do, they believe everything's going to work out, and they will pump you up. Number two, they push you to try new things or they introduce you to new things. For me, this is one of my favorite things ever, is to take people to a new experience and watch them have it. Um, You know, maybe it's a new food they haven't tried before, maybe it's a new restaurant they haven't been to before, a new hotel, like one of my favorite hotels that they've never seen, a city that I love. I want to watch everyone experience things for the first time and just have a new experience. Sevens are amazing at providing you with the opportunity to try new things or introduce you to things. Number three, they inspire you to do what makes you feel good. You know, sevens are really good at prioritizing what feels good to me, what satisfies me, what makes me happy, self-care, excitement, fun, play. They're so good at these things that just being in relationship to sevens inspires you to do the same. I have a seven friend who he just like did this whole walking biscuit tour. It was like, I wanna go have, I wanna try all the biscuits in my city and I'm gonna walk to do it and had this like whole fun biscuit day. 
And just watching him do that, I'm like, oh, what could be a fun equivalent for me? Like, how could I infuse more of that kind of playfulness into my life? Number four, they invite you to do fun or weird experiences like a walking biscuit tour. You know, it's like thinking we think of like weird things we could do together or fun things we could do together and invite you into the process. And finally, sevens are great cheerleaders. We really do believe that you can handle it. We're gonna root you on. We're the people to come to when you need encouragement, when you're like, okay, I need only positive vibes here. I Go to the sixes when you need someone to help you actually plan it out because we're not gonna do that. But come to us when you need someone who's like, okay, this is totally doable. Let's map out how extremely possible this is. And then take that plan you made with the seven, run it through a six, and then accomplish it with an eight, right? Like that's how that's how to utilize our skill sets. But really, like put them in the brainstorming room, help them, like let them help you dream up all of the possibilities of how things could go right. Now let's get into where sevens, my fellow sevens, this is where we can improve as friends. Number one. We can improve our active listening. Sevens, our brains move so fast. And I know that by the time someone's finished their sentence, we've already finished it for them. And so we're ready to go ahead and respond before they've even completed what they had to say. That is not working for us, okay? That is not working for our friends. That is not working for our relationships. We need to actively listen. We need to pause. I had someone tell me one time, (laughs) Um, not so graciously, quite frankly, they were like, "Can you, you should wait three seconds before you talk. <laughs> After someone finishes talking, you should wait three seconds before you start a sentence. And, you know, that irritated me at the time, but like, they're totally right, right? Like giving people time to maybe have more to say than I think that they're going to say, or even to say something different than I think they're going to say. Sometimes I've responded to them before they finished a, sen- a sentence sometimes defensively because I think they're going to say one thing, but actually they're trying to say another. And I, the defensiveness wasn't even necessary, but I had already finished the thought in my brain, right? And I, fellow sevens, let me know if you do this too. Like, do you finish people's thoughts for them and then respond to them before they even finish what they're trying to say? Pay attention, pause, wait three seconds, and then respond. Number two, not fixing or trying to make you laugh when you're sad. So this is actually something I used to really like about myself before I realized the impact that it was ha- what could potentially have is that I felt like I can cheer my friends up. Like I know how to make them laugh when they are down. But the trouble with that is that they might not feel heard. They probably aren't being heard. And sometimes our friends just need empathy, right? They don't need us to fix their problems because I love to give advice, quite frankly. And they don't need us to cheer them up necessarily. They might just need us to say, that sucks. That sounds really hard. I would feel the way that you're feeling too. And so if you're like, I really still wanna cheer them up, you can ask, right? Maybe they're coming to you for that reason. But instead of just assuming that's what you they need from you, you can ask like, do you need me to cheer you up? Do you need a solution? Or do you need me to just sit with you in this? And be the more you're able to sit with yourself and your own negative emotions, the easier, I promise, the easier it becomes to sit with others in theirs, okay? Number three, telling people the truth about how you feel and letting them be there for you. 
there's this whole thing about the strong ones a while back during like um, awareness week for people who choose to take their own lives and talking about how a lot of times we don't check on the strong one. I think that's the quote. And I think for me, that's often been the case is that people in my life don't know I'm hurting because I don't let it show, right? Like they see this like happy bubbly version of me and then I go to my car and I cry. And so what we have to work on is, you know, being honest. And I think about in college and up in, you know, up until out of college even, when I would be in a situation and I would feel sad, I would leave, I would go feel my feeling, and then I would come back just like nothing had happened. So I would feel so lonely in a room full of people who didn't even know what was going on and what I was experiencing. And that sucks, guys. That is not allowing people to be friends to you. You deserve, people want to show up for you. Like it's it's not like they're not trying to, it's like they literally don't know you're struggling. And one of the things that I started doing in college is I was like, I'm just gonna tell the truth. If someone asks me how I'm doing, I'm just gonna tell them the truth. And even if that truth is uncomfortable, even if it feels weird, I'm just gonna be honest. And some days, it's not going to be good and that's okay, right? So being willing to be honest so that you can feel loved, so you can feel supported because if you hide your struggles, then you feel you're you're consistently getting the evidence that the people in your life only like you when you're happy because you don't you don't allow access that part of you that's sad, that part of you that's struggling, you're not allowing it to receive love. So you believe it just reaffirms that it's unlovable. But you have to work on allowing people to love you there. And I promise you, it feels amazing. It's so much less lonely when you do. You do not have to carry all of this on your own. Okay, the fourth thing that we do that's not always serving our friendships is we float in and out. You know, we think about the Enneagram 7 as kind of like a solo traveler through the universe. Like they're not the center of your life. They're just kind of popping into your life and then popping out. And this is great for the seven sometimes, right? In the sense that you're never too attached. No one can ever truly hurt you, right? Because you can always run away. But that limits your depth of connection, right? It limits the amount of support you can receive and the amount of support that you can offer, which shocker, like confidence and self-esteem are really built on what we also give. They don't just come from being focused on ourselves. The other thing here is that, you know, in order to receive a good friendship, we need to be able to give good friendships. So we can't just be like floating in and out of people's lives without actually dedicating attention to checking in on them, paying attention to them, um, you know, keeping in touch with them. We're not, we can't just tap into that depth of connection without the commitment, right? And so I just say like, for me, it's not that like most of my life, I had like hundreds of friends at a time and I had to learn as I got older, okay, I can really maintain relationship with like four people. That's what's feasible for me. I I can't do that with a hundred people. And so I need to pick those four people and I need to be attentive to them. And for me, being attentive is going to be so different than what a two would say is attentive, right? And that's okay. For me, being attentive is just remembering to text them on their birthday or send them a present or um, thinking of them and checking in on them every once in a while, sending, if I think about them, letting them know. 
it's not just like being available all the time, which I think can be what we're afraid of. It's just prioritizing them, letting them know they matter to you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And the next thing that we need to know, the final thing the sevens need to absorb is that all friends suck. And I talk about this a lot. All relationships suck. All jobs suck. It's just every relationship we have is going to have something about it that's hard. And that doesn't mean that it's bad, right? And sometimes there are elements of a friendship that are bad that we're like, I can't do that. But there are also friendships where they are going to be imperfect humans because we're all imperfect. We're going to have negative emotions around them sometimes because that's being human. And we can still commit to the process with them and not give up on them just because they have flaws or they have hurt our feelings one time or maybe we don't feel good all the time with them. So own that all friendships are going to have things that are hard and figure out which ones are worth fighting for, even though they're hard, right? Because all of them are going to be hard in some time, in some way, some how. So which ones are worth fighting for even in the midst of that? Okay, let's get into if you're friends with a type seven, these are the things to not take personally. Don't take it personally if they don't call or text until right before they're about to do something. A lot of times I'm not extremely like at this age especially like I'm not extremely social and when I was extremely social it was always last minute spontaneous activities and so oftentimes like even now and even when I was really social it was like I'm about to go do this thing in five minutes do you want to come and having like a meeting on my calendar stresses me out even if it's someone that I love so don't take it personally if I'm not like setting appointments with you to hang out um and if I don't prioritize those appointments or feel comfortable canceling them, because life is much more spontaneous than that, and especially for sevens. So it's not about how much they like you. It's just probably about how they're orienting toward time. Which brings me to don't take it personally if they cancel on you last minute. Listen, I know this is a struggle. This is something that sevens are working on or could be working on or I hope are working on, right? But a lot of times our plans are kind of just like an idea of a thing. It's like all of our plans are written in pencil and can be moved around to suit whatever might come up um, because the, spawn, like the, the immediate is most prevalent, right? So don't take it personally if they cancel plans with you. It doesn't mean they don't like you. It doesn't mean they don't want to be friends with you. It just might mean they had an opportunity come up they were scared to miss and they think that they can reschedule with you and it'll make since later. Now, if you are someone who's like, no, canceling plans is, an, is a deal breaker for me, set that boundary, right? Respect your own boundaries, but don't think it has anything to do with who you are or how wonderful you are or how wanted you are by that seven. It is 100% not personal. It's definitely just like there are, you know, we're just kind of everything's more fluid. Um, canceled plans doesn't feel like as big of a deal. Number three, don't don't get your feelings hurt if they call everyone their best friend, but you've known them your entire life. Listen, 
sevens, we love an extreme, okay? I love to say never. I love to say always. I love to say like the most. I love to say if something, if I've done something 20 times, I love to say I did it a million times, right? We're like big talkers. And so if I like someone, I might be like, they're my best friend. I love them. You know, like that's just kind of the way we express ourselves. So don't take it personally. The other thing that can happen is that we like, you know, we might feel really close to someone for a season, but then like those aren't necessarily the core people who we're going to over and over and over again, right? I have four really good friends who I have known for over 15 years who I am like, these are my people. Now, I also have friends who I'm spending the majority of my time with right now, and it's not those four people, mostly because they live out of state, but also because it's like, these are the people who are like, this is my season, this is my friend for this season. And two things to keep in mind in that is if you are the the long-term friend, don't take it personally if they are spending more time with someone else for a season, because that's just the rhythm of it, but you are the one who's there, right? You're the one who like they're prioritizing who they're actually probably sharing the truth of who they are with. Second, if you were that seasonal friend, do not get your feelings hurt if it's seasonal, right? Because we have a lot of energy, but we only can really commit to a certain amount of relationships. All humans, right? Can only maintain a certain amount of relationships for a time. And sevens typically we are not ending friendships. Like we're not, those friendships aren't fading with ill will. A lot of times like I'll have a friendship fade and it's not because I think there's something wrong with them. It's just because, you know, that season is over and we've just kind of drifted apart and that was really fun for a while and maybe it'll be fun again sometime, but it's not really about like if you're good enough or not or if I think you're worthy or not. Um, and if it is, I'll probably tell you <laughs> if I think that there's something that's not working in our friendship, you know, it's, I'm more than likely to tell you and ask you for what I need. So if that if they're not asking for what they need, don't worry about whether it's your fault or not, you know? Um, yeah, so just don't take it personally. But let's get into type combinations. Type one, the pros, sevens bring ones into their freedom and joy, and ones bring sevens into a sense of idealism. Now the cons, ones can see the seven as selfish and childish, and the sevens may float away when feeling criticized. Type two and seven combo, the pros here that sevens help twos to prioritize themselves, and twos help sevens to not always have to take care of themselves, to learn to trust other people with their needs and feelings. The cons are intimacy. Sevens may feel too needed by the two, and the two may feel like they can't get enough commitment and prioritization from the seven. Type three combo, the pros here, they help threes to focus on how it feels in their life versus what they achieve, and threes help sevens to put strategy behind their goals and to follow through. Now this type, this pairing tends to be a high energy and charming combo, so they'll have an easy time making more friends together going out and socializing with others. They also both share a love of bouginess, so they're gonna have fun kind of doing really fun, expensive things together. The cons is that they can feed each other's sense of frivolity with money in favor of a great experience. So um, threes wanna appear successful, sevens wanna have a good time, that is expensive, okay? 
All right, seven and four combo. The pros here are that sevens bring optimism and belief and possibility, helping fours to do what they want in their life, while fours help the sevens to access and empathize with their feelings. Now the con, fours may see sevens as shallow and sevens may see fours as negative and wallowy. Both tend to have high expectations for relationships and can be easily disappointed in people. And so they may feel like easily frustrated with the friendship. Now that seven five combo, they're a very intellectually stimulating pairing. Sevens may offer a social buffer for fives at events and fives can offer sevens a way of taking themselves more seriously. Now the con is that they may have a hard time supporting each other as both types dislike being needed and struggle to ask for help. So they also could easily float away from one another as they can get really focused on their own priorities and forget to reach out to other people. Type six and seven together, the pros here, sevens can bring lightness to the friendship. Sixes can bring practicality into the seven's life. Cons or sevens may grow tired of the negativity that sixes can get caught up in. Having their dreams squashed is how it can feel. And then sixes may be stressed out by sevens seemingly reckless behavior or overtly reckless behavior, let's be honest. All right, sevens, seven, seven combo. The pros here are, you know, typically those same type pairings are really comfortable and easy in a lot of ways, but then can like feed each other's worst impulses. So for sevens, that's like, there's going to be a high energy pairing. They're going to have a lot of new experiences and travel. It's going to be really supportive. The con is that maintaining that level of energy can be exhausting, especially if one of the friends is becoming more embodied and grounded. They may start to feel like hanging out with another seven means having to constantly be on, you know, and perform. Seven and eight combo, the pros here, it's high energy. They're both capable. They're willing to tell each other what they want and need. They're a great pairing for getting things done. The con is that both resist being controlled and rebel against expectation. So they're both pretty bougie in their spending as well and may encourage each other to spend more money than they have or maybe intended to spend. And when arguing, you may find that you say something hurtful in the name of telling the quote unquote truth. Both seven and eights can be kind of harsh and blunt. Now we get into type nine, seven pairings. This, this is a good one, right? Both types are fun loving, but unlikely to compete with each other. The seven can come up with fun, exciting things to do, and the nine is often down to do them. Both also tend to prefer to not have conflict and just kind of move on from things quickly, allowing for a relatively easy and natural dynamic. Now the cons here is that they may ignore the problems in the friendship, right? When that's gone too far, the nine may become passive aggressive and the the seven could say something hurtful or even back away. All right, friends, so that is friendship with an Enneagram type seven. I hope it was helpful. Let me know if you have any questions and uh, that can happen on Instagram at Sarah Jane Case and I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.